Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women's Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Noreen Doherty, and what a week this past week has been. I mean, we've had a pretty big upset in the top five of the AP poll. If you haven't been paying attention, you'll be filled in now. So let's start this week's top five. Still South Carolina at number one. Haven't moved. Stanford comes back to number two. LSU moves up to number three. Indiana's at number four, and UConn stays at five. So, what happened to Ohio State? Well, three straight losses. One to an unranked team. So, last week I covered their first loss. They lost to number 10 Iowa, 83-72. to Then, following that game, they lost at number six Indiana, 78-65. to Then, on Sunday, they lost at at home to unranked Purdue, 73 to 65. So, I mean, when you lose three straight games, especially one to an unranked team, you're going to take a big plunge like they did. So that was, that was the big excitement there in the top five. I couldn't believe that they had lost three straight, but I felt like their time was coming because they kept having those weird games where they were down and they somehow managed a way to come back on top in the final seconds. But now they've had three straight losses. I don't know. It was a long time coming, but I think they'll learn from it and then going into this week. We'll see what happens and if they will come back up into the top five. I don't know. We'll see. Then Texas comes back in this week at number 24. Last week, they beat number 14 Oklahoma at home and then beat Oklahoma State at home as well. USF also appears in the poll this week. They come in at number 25. They're on a 10-game winning streak, starting with an overtime win over number 17 Arkansas on December 21st in San Diego. So since that game, they've been on a 10-game winning streak. So, I mean, the American obviously isn't the strongest conference out there, but they definitely have a decent amount of competition. I know Tulsa has been surprisingly very good this year and USF just beat them recently. Also in that tournament in San Diego that South Florida played at, that was when they almost beat Ohio State, but somehow the Buckeyes came back at the end. So I've been kind of curious to see what South Florida will do since that game where they almost beat Ohio State. So to see that they're on this 10-game winning streak starting with the game following that Ohio State game, it doesn't surprise me. And then falling out of the poll this week is Illinois and Colorado. Illinois lost by 10 to unranked Purdue, so that pushes them out. Then I'm surprised Colorado fell out because they beat number eight UCLA in overtime, but then fell to unranked USC, which surprises me because, like, why does that put them out? They beat the number eight team in the country and then fell to USC, who handed Stanford their first loss or their second loss of the season, first loss in Pac-12 play. Like, USC is clearly good. I'm surprised they're not ranked yet. They're receiving votes, but Illinois is still the, the bubble team right now receiving votes. They would be the next one in, then Colorado, then USC. But still, that just kind of shocked me that they were bumped out and, I don't know, a team like South Florida comes in. But I don't know. Sometimes it gets hard to judge these teams when they're in all these different conferences and have different competitiveness. I don't know. So obviously the AP poll voters know what they're doing. So I just go with what they say. 
but I, I will give my hot takes on it. That's for sure. One thing I don't think a lot of people know about, or I haven't really seen much about it. I only came across it on Twitter one day, but Michigan State head coach Susie Merchant missed Sunday's game at Illinois. She was in a minor one-car accident due to a medical incident on Saturday morning. On Monday, the team tweeted that she had been released from the hospital and is resting at home. There's been no update on when she'll return to coaching or what the medical incident was, so I'm hoping everything is okay there. Michigan State ended up losing that game at Illinois. This week, they traveled to Nebraska on Thursday, so still unknown if she will be traveling with the team or not. But then Michigan State hosts Michigan on Sunday, so hopefully she can come back for that because that's obviously a huge game. It's an in-state rivalry. It's a conference game, and I don't. I think as a coach, she doesn't want to miss it. As a team, I don't think they want their head coach missing for that one. I mean, you don't want your head coach missing at all, but a big game like that, you want them around. So hopefully everything is okay with Coach Merchant and she can come back sooner rather than later. Now, one of the bigger pieces of news from over the weekend, Taylor Robertson from Oklahoma sets the Division I women's career three-point record. On her first three-point attempt against Iowa State, she sunk it to record her 498th career three-pointer to pass the former Ohio State star Kelsey Mitchell, who played for the Buckeyes from 2014 through 18. She was the former Division I women's career three-point record holder, but now that's Taylor Robertson. She ended the game with six threes and now totals 503 career three-pointers. She actually ended up meeting Steph Curry, I believe it was Monday night. Um, the Warriors were playing at OKC so she was able to go to that game and meet him and I just think that's such a cool thing you know you set the division one three-point record and you get to go on and meet this NBA great who I'm 90% sure that he owns the three-point record yeah because didn't he beat Ray Allen because I loved Ray Allen because he was a Celtic but yeah I think he's the NBA career three-point holder so yeah anyways I think that's cool for her and I I'm curious to see what she ends with because it's only January. So how many more threes is she going to make? And then who's going to be the next one to beat her? And then Cameron Brink records her first triple-double in a win over Oregon. She had 16 points, 11 rebounds, and a career-high 10 blocks. It's the second triple-double with blocks in Pac-12 history. She needs just seven more blocks to become Stanford's all-time leader in blocks. I mean, that's no surprise. We obviously know Cameron Brink is an amazing shot blocker. for So for her to become Stanford's all-time leader in blocks, not surprising. But I am kind of shocked that it took her this long to get 10 blocks in one game. I would love to see more triple doubles in blocks. I, I But I really would love to see this more out of Cameron Brink. A, a triple double with blocks, I just, I love that. Nothing makes me happier than a triple double in blocks. <laughs> Okay, a couple of games I want to talk about. First, number two, Ohio State loses third straight to Purdue at home. So Purdue's Abby Ellis led all players with 26 points. Purdue shot 43.1% from the floor, 44.8% from beyond the arc, and 90 over 90% from foul line. While Ohio State shot 41.7 from the floor, no surprise there, that's fine. 25% from three-point range. Kind of shocking when they have Taylor Mikesell, who is usually knocking down threes 
and having no issues. And then what I find to be the kicker is 66.7% from the foul line, especially since Purdue shot 90% from the foul line. I don't know. I think especially if you're the top two team in the country, you cannot be shooting 66.7% from the free throw line. You need to be able to make those shots because they're going to come because you're going to need them down the line. And I think that's that's what happened with this game. And Ohio State just could not make their foul shots. And here we are. Three straight losses for the Buckeyes. Next, let's talk about UConn, Tennessee. Honestly, I thought it was kind of boring in terms of rivalry games between these two programs. Usually I feel like they're so exciting. There's so much energy in these games and I don't know. It might have had it might have had to do with the fact that UConn had a huge first quarter. They outscored Tennessee 33 to 17. So I think that almost sucked the energy out of the fans in Knoxville, but like after that first quarter, I was like, UConn's just going to steamroll them. I just, I thought it was uneventful. But then Tennessee held UConn to just seven points in the second quarter while they went on to score 19, bringing themselves within four at the half. So it got a little tighter. And then at halftime, Gino spoke with Holly Rowe and cried about the refs and how whenever you come down to Knoxville, this is what they do, blah, 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 blah meaning that they weren't making calls, whatever. But Tennessee ended the game having more fouls than UConn, so whatever. Anyways, UConn then had a big third quarter, outscoring Tennessee 28-19, to and that was kind of all she wrote. Tennessee's Jordan Horston led all players with 27 points. Lou Lopez-Seneschal led UConn with 26, while Aaliyah Edwards chipped in 25. Nika Mule had 14 assists in the win. I have to say, I've just been incredibly impressed with Lou Lopez-Seneschal. I think I said it at the beginning of the season that I was unsure how her career at Fairfield and playing in the MAC, how that would translate into playing for one of the top programs in the country. But she scored in double figures in every game. She's been phenomenal and she's been fun to watch. So I think, I think it was a great move for her to come to UConn and it's only going to help her out when it comes to getting drafted into the WNBA. And then finally, another loss for Tennessee, but LSU beats the Lady Vols 76-68 to in Baton Rouge. It was Tennessee's first SEC loss. LSU moves on to 21-0. and They played in front of a record-setting crowd of 15,157 people at the PMAC all wearing white shirts that were laid out in the arena prior to people coming in. I mean, if you didn't watch this game, it was friggin' electric. I could feel the energy while I'm laying in bed. I was hyped up from the fans in Baton Rouge. It was insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that for a women's basketball game. It was so exciting. I even tweeted during the game. I was like, damn, I want to see an LSU women's basketball game in Baton Rouge. I didn't get to turn on the game until after I got my daughter down to bed and all that. So I turned it on in the third quarter and it was a pretty close game. Tennessee was within 10 points, I want to say, and they got a little bit closer. But then LSU went on a run, which included a steal and score by Angel Reese, 
where she was fouled on the maid layup. And then she does this thing. You have to watch the video if you haven't seen it already. She licks her fingers like she just ate like the most wonderful thing ever. And even ESPN, they have a video clip of it. And it says, Angel Reese licks her fingers after Tasty Bucket. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. But I mean, that's what she does. And then she does like a full-blown TikTok dance after the play. I'm honestly surprised she didn't get a technical. But I don't know if maybe the refs are kind of holding out on that because of how... Because of what she tweeted last... Was it last week, I believe? I think it was last week she tweeted how let women have passion for the game, blah, blah, blah. Which I agree with. I think their passion after this was was fine but it was still it was it was a lot it was almost like you see the 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 touchdown dances that they used to give penalties for I don't know I don't know anything about the NFL but I feel like they used to give penalties if you did crazy shit in the end zone and it almost felt like that but not saying I didn't like it I enjoyed every second of it <laughs> and it seemed the fans did too it was just it just seemed like an incredible environment and I wish I could have been there Alexis Morris led the Tigers as she had a career-best 31 points. She added six rebounds, five steals, and three assists to her stat line. Angel Reese recorded her 21st straight double-double with 18 points and 17 rebounds. I know I said it a lot at the beginning of the year we wanted to see more competition out of LSU to really see how competitive this team is, if they're really as good as their ranking. And I think after watching this game, I know... I know LSU's good and they deserve to be in the top three for sure. Again, I cannot wait for that LSU-South Carolina game. It's on Super Bowl Sunday, so you can watch this game before you watch Super Bowl. But besides that, I can't wait to see them in the tournament in March. It's gonna be, it's gonna be so exciting. I was not on board the LSU train at the beginning of the season, but I am, I'm fully about it now. They're, they're fun to watch. And like I said, I wish I was in Baton Rouge last night. Oh my god. It just seemed so much fun. Why is my daughter waking up right now? Go back to sleep. Okay, I think my daughter went back to sleep, so we're good for now. <laughs> so let's jump into this week's awards. This week's Player of the Week is Taylor Robertson of Oklahoma had to give it to her with setting the NCAA record for career three-pointers. That's an amazing feat. Congratulations to her. And like I said earlier, I cannot wait to see what her career total ends up being once the season is over. My team of the week is Purdue. Right now, they're receiving votes. They have back-to-back -back wins over top 25 teams. So first, they beat number 22 Illinois at Illinois 62 to 52 and then they beat number two Ohio State at Ohio State. This Sunday they will host number four Indiana so obviously if they win that one I think that'll push them right into the top 25 but I don't know. I think Indiana's pretty rock solid. I don't know if they'll fall but who knows because it is being played at Purdue. I think it's different when you walk into somebody else's gym especially when they're on this hot streak of back-to-back -back wins over top 25 teams and beating the number two team in the country but they could be overly confident and then just get blown out. Who knows but we'll find out on Sunday. Then the game of the week this one was hard for me because I wanted 
to do Purdue upsetting number two Ohio State, but I had to do LSU versus Tennessee just because of the energy and the sold out crowd. I just thought it was an amazing thing for women's basketball. Like I said, I've never seen a crowd like that. I mean, maybe the final four, maybe probably a UConn home game, probably a Tennessee home game when Pat Summit was coaching. But I don't know, just I could feel the energy through the friggin' TV. It was phenomenal. I think it was a great game for the sport of women's basketball, just for that to be nationally broadcast and people see that crowd and everyone wearing a white t-shirt and going crazy for this women's basketball team. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And then the mid-major team of the week is Middle Tennessee. I didn't talk about them last week. Honestly, I missed them in the damn AP poll because of these stupid ads that are in between all the teams. (laughs) But last week, they were ranked number 23. They came into the poll. And then this week, they move up to number 21. They're on a 16-game winning streak. So I think they'll end up winning the CUSA, and then we'll see what happens come tournament time. Or even if they don't win that conference, they could get an at-large bid. But I think Clearly, it's better if you win your conference for these mid-major schools. So definitely a team to keep an eye on. Okay, we've got a couple games to watch this upcoming weekend, pretty much. Thursday, number eight, Maryland at number six, Iowa. That will be a great game. I haven't talked much about Maryland um, on the podcast, but next week I definitely will because they have two big games this week. So keep them in mind and keep them on your radar. On Friday, number 22, Arizona at number 14, UCLA. And then Sunday, we got number 10, Ohio State at number eight, Maryland. I think that one will be interesting because Maryland has been slowly climbing up the poles and then Ohio State takes this big plunge. Ohio State will play at Wisconsin on Wednesday, but then on Sunday, they head to College Park to play Maryland. So a great top 10 matchup there. Then number 16, Duke at number nine, Notre Dame. And then the big one, number one, South Carolina at number five, UConn. This will be South Carolina's toughest test yet. And again, I don't know what's going on with AZ. I don't know if she will be back or not, but regardless, the Huskies have somehow remained rock solid and clearly South Carolina has. So this is going to be a battle to the final seconds. All right, everyone, that is it for this week's episode. Be sure to follow, subscribe, rate the podcast. You can follow it on social media at Women's Hoops Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on social media at N0R Darty. Be sure to tune into those games this weekend. I think both Maryland games are going to be a lot of fun. And then obviously, UConn, South Carolina. I will be locked in for that. 12 p.m. Sunday. I can't believe it's February now. We are just over a month away from tournament time. It's getting really exciting. I mean, it has been exciting all season, but I just feel like as March approaches, my excitement builds. So I hope everyone is feeling the same way. And we'll see what happens in this final month of regular season basketball. Until next time, bye y'all.